What's up, guys? This is Brent Sahadi. Thanks for tuning in to UFC Unwrapped. You can follow me on Twitter at UFC Unwrapped, and you can find all the podcasts on the podcast app, whether it's Android or iOS. Just type in UFC Unwrapped. Today's a very special day because we have Nico Price, 13-2 welterweight, on the podcast today. He's going to call in from Florida, and I'm going to ask him some questions. We're going to get to know him a little bit more, coming off his recent win on Tim Means. So this is a huge day for me. This is a huge day for the network. And uh, also thanks again to everyone on Twitter being so interactive and asking so many questions. It's It's been a miracle. Hey, is this Nico? Hey, Brent. Nico, what's going on? This is Brent from UFC Unwrapped. Thanks for being able to make this phone call, man. I appreciate it. Nah, thank you guys for calling me up and wanting to talk to me, man. It's cool. It's a blessing for us. Appreciate it. How was your day so far? It's great. I just got back from church, you know. Right now the family's just laying on the couch watching some movies and stuff. And I was thinking about going for a run. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, uh, I hope you enjoy your Sunday with your family. Uh, I really appreciate you making the time. I hope not to take up too much of it. I just have some questions I want to talk to you about um, just to get to know you a little bit more and let people get to know Nico Price a little bit more because, honestly, online, there's not much info on you, man. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm like a hidden person. <laughs> well, uh, let's just like... get into it, man. If you don't mind, I have some questions for you to start it off. Definitely. So... Just from the beginning, I mean, you went 9-0 and as an amateur, and you went pro in 2012. You had an 8-0 pre-UFC record. So what I noticed was you went pro, and then there was a two-year layoff in 2012 to 2014. What was going on there? Because you won that that debut. Oh, yeah. I submitted that guy after he elbowed me in the face three times. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, I had just, you know... Everyone has those little breaks in between and stuff. You know, you get injuries, and that's what happened. You know, I just had a few little nicks and bumps here, and I had to get strong before I could get back in there. You know. Okay, that's understandable. I'm glad it was. Uh, I'm glad it was just something super explainable like that. I was hoping it wasn't something super scary. So that's super understandable, no, no. man. Uh, so what made you no, even decide yeah. to want to fight anyway? Well, like growing up, like I always loved contact sports and stuff and then after high school and after football I went into rugby I played rugby for two years that was really fun um got to hit a lot of people in that you know I'm, I'm very fond of running into people you know <laughs> if you can't tell from my lifestyle absolutely uh, um yeah and then like after high school and I ran out of rugby I didn't have football anymore I was was gonna go to college for football but I didn't want to go anywhere really where it snowed because I'm a Florida boy. You know, I'm down south, born and raised, so I'm not really fond of cold. Um, so I just, I went to be a cop. So I was trying to be, do martial arts to learn how to defend myself. And uh, it just, it went direct 180. I wanted to be a cop and I ended up pursuing the fighting. And never looked back since then. You know, I got hit in the face the first time sparring. Um, 
And then I went right back in there the next day. And I was like, can we spar today? I was that guy. Can we spar? Can we spar? Can we spar? So it was just kind of a, it was a heaven sent answer for you. You couldn't even resist, huh? Not at all, bro. Like, as soon as I got a hit in the face, I was like, oh, here it is. This is my contact sport building, you know? I can do this forever. And then, like, I started looking into the UFC and stuff. Like, and I was like, dude, I can compete with these guys. So like, I, I'm an athlete just like these guys. Why can't I do this? And then I just, I put it in my head that I'm better than everyone else and that I'm going to do this, you know? I mean, we're all human, but I got, you know, some of us have some more will in us to get it done. And I'm one of them with a lot of will. So. Well, I love that answer. Okay. So, cause, cause actually one of my questions was going to be like, what is your top motivation to stay as a pro athlete? Because it's, it's, you know, there is the will, but it's in order to get your physique to that level to compete with these top athletes from around the world. I mean, you're competing literally in the most dominant league of the most combative sport known to man. And you're competing with people from all around the world. So to get your body to that level, to get the mind to that level, what's it take to stay that motivated? Dude, my why is really big, man. I got my wife has been with me since my first amateur fight, man. She was my girlfriend back then, and she just held me up the whole way. You know, like, and then from there we started having kids. Then I had even more reasons that I can't lose. You know, I have to be a superstar. I have to knock these people out. When I get in there, I'm going to knock these people out, you know. Like, and if I don't, then I'm getting knocked out. It's simple as that. <laughs> because I'm not the guy who's sitting there trying to fight you for 15 minutes, bro. I'm in there. I want your fucking chin. Sorry about my language. No, uh, man. I want your chin. Don't worry. You know, like, I want everyone to know that I'm better than you when we're standing in there. And, like, I, I'm very competitive. <laughs> well, I can see that from your fight style because I was going to ask you what your favorite technique is, whether if it's on the ground or the feet. I mean, you've made it pretty obvious <laughs> considering you're uh, one of the top KO artists in the UFC right now. But is there a specific awesome. technique you you like to use more than any? Dude, I just like hitting you, man. If, if your <laughs> face is there and I can hit you, I'm going to hit you from anywhere. I'm not, I'm an opportunist. You leave an opportunity and I see it, I'm taking it instantly. But I'm not even going to hesitate. Like when, when I saw Randy Brown, you know, like I was waiting for that position. Like I'm very spiritual too. I'm, believer in God, he's in there with me every time I'm fighting, you know, like I pray before, during you know, like every time I'm praying after, I praise him all the time, everything I do is through him so like, when I knocked out Randy Brown, he had to show me that because that was something that was no one's seen I've done it in the gym and stuff, like I've hit people in the face there just to get a better position, you know but he gave me some hammer fists I mean, you knocked him. You knocked him cold in that position, and you heard you heard the commentary. That was insane. No one's ever seen anything like that. Yeah, I I remember watching that fight myself, and I knew that like the first couple punches landed, and I was like, "Damn, okay." I mean, is he gonna just keep hitting him? And you just kept hitting him, and then the fight was over. It just happened so quick, uh, and you just showed so much respect. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And huh? then I was standing up, and I'm like, "What? What did I just do to him? Like, I did it, 
and I knew what I was doing, but when I stood up and I watched it on the camera, I was like, whoa, I've never seen that. <laughs> and you see all the all the faces of the people in the crowd. What's that experience like yeah. when you get a highlight reel knockout like that and you're looking around and there's, there's these massive crowds of people and you know millions of people are watching from their homes. Like, what's that, that thrill that you feel? I, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's gratefulness. You know, like, I got in there, I did my job, and I did it to the fullest. You know, that's all it is. You know, like, it's just, God gave me the, the power to get in there and pull something crazy out, you know? I, it's, it's supernatural. It's weird. And so... It's like, you feel like you can float. I feel like I can float after I win. You know, like... I feel like I'm floating like Goku on his little cloud. It's like, what's up, guys? How y'all doing? <laughs> I love that. I love that shit. And so... That's exactly how it feels. That's so cool. I've never heard someone explain it like that. It's amazing. I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah, like... Because, like... It's, it's like... It's something that you, you know you'll... You'll probably never be able to float around. So, like... If you can... That's amazing. That's how it feels. Like it's, and then like when people are yelling and stuff, it's just and happy and that's cool. You know, I'm happy for that. I'm so happy that everyone likes my style. I can show them everything. But my biggest, my biggest worries is I don't like my kids to me get hit too much. Mm. You know, like yeah, because when I get home, they're like, "Daddy, you got hit a lot." <laughs> Comes with the territory, though. Yeah, but I can see that being one of the biggest battles you're facing, huh? Yeah. Like, you can't lose in front of your kids. It's really hard to explain to your kids what happened. How old are your kids right now? I have four and one in the oven. Oh, so, congratulations, man. Yes, thank you. She's, uh, we just found out. I think she's, like, eight weeks or something like that. Congratulations, uh, that's huge. Respect, but the heart beats there, so... That's, uh, that's yeah, beautiful. Besides, besides the cooking one, I have a seven, six, three, and one and a half. So I'm very much oriented around my family. You know, I live in my hometown where all of, most of my family is. My wife, most of her family's here. You know, we're both very big on big, and we both have really big families. Well, I love it, and I think that that's a, a huge important thing to have and like you guys have this orientation where you guys get to go to church together and she's been there since your first mm -hmm. amateur fight it, it's oh, yeah, amazing no, that I'm... you get to have that support around you because a lot of people don't honestly yeah no a lot of people don't i mean i i didn't have it all the time you know it took a while for me to get them to see that yo i can do this you know like because you know how it is man everyone wants to be a usd fighter everyone says they can be a usd fighter until you get in there with a UFC fighter, <laughs> you know? Like, then you see the truth. So, like, it's just, you know, she helped me away. She helped me so much. My life is crazy on here, so. Well, I'm so glad. Because you're not only doing it, but you're excelling and you're one of the top in the world. So she should be very proud of you and know that your hard work is paying off and has been paying off. Like she doesn't yell at me for going to training anymore. 
she's like, all right, go. Go get better. You know, you better get better today. My last camp was funny because I switched a lot of things around. You know, I, I, was, I left my future, the school that I opened, I left it because I just, I wasn't feeling right. You know, I had to answer some questions of my own. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I went back to some old school, my, old, my first MMA coach, Mike Nally. And then one of my buddies just started doing jiu-jitsu with me back in the day. He's now a black belt, um, Patrick Moran. And uh, he's been helping me a lot, too. So I went and I made this whole big change. So she was really on me during camp. And it, it like, really pushed me more. Like, I would come home and she's like, hey, I thought you were going to training. And I'm like, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. Chill. <laughs> you know, like, she was like, you better get to the gym. She sees how much I've trained in the past, and then this camp I had to back it up a little bit because I was having, you know, I was a little sore still. I had some, uh, I was training really hard. I had some injuries in training. You know, that's mm-hmm. a daily thing in the sport. So was this whole but, change in your camp because of the specific opponent you had in Tim Means? No. Honestly, I changed before Tim Means. I didn't even know, I, like, when I... I did that whole change. It was like, God told me I need to change, and I changed. And then next thing I know, he rewarded me with 10 means. And I went in there, and I and he gave me the power to punch that man in the head hard. Because that, yeah. was, that was, when I saw that matchup be made, I was honestly scared for both you guys. Because I know what both you guys are capable of, and you guys are two of my favorite fighters. And to have that matchup happen... I knew that your style and his style would be a blessing for fans to watch, but I didn't know if it was going to be a yeah. blessing for either of you. And I knew that both of you guys, had, it was like a 50-50 coin flip, you know, because he's such a technical striker yeah. and he's just known for being such like a vicious and precise striker that can use his knees, his elbows. and But you're known as the guy who, who doesn't give a fuck and just runs through people. Time. Exactly. Like, I know exactly what you're talking about because that's exactly how I analyzed it. When I was on the floor, everyone's like, everyone's questioning my ground game right now because I didn't use it against Tim Means. I did use it, and what they didn't notice is I only got hit like five times on the floor. You know, half of those other ones he missed, you know, because I was using my jujitsu, but I wasn't using it as tact. I was using it as defense. I was kicking his arms off as he would try to hit me. You know, I was controlling his wrist. I had my knee placement, my knee shield. You know, they, like, I wasn't afraid of Tim Means submitting me at all because I actually gave him an Americana. Like, I, I put my arm out, so he went across body and tried to take it. And when he did that, that's when I locked his up and used it to get out. You know, like, and get up and illegally get kneed in the face. But, I mean, that just, that's a fight, man. We all got high emotion. He saw a knee, he threw it, and it hit me. But I came up a little bit like, oh shit, that wasn't me. <laughs> but and is that what set? Was that what like set it off for you to just go and knock him out after that? Yes. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. I was like, uh, and he hit me on the floor. He got me with those four or five that he hit me with. They were pretty hard, and it angered me. So I was like, all right, bro, it's all or nothing right now. One of us is going to sleep. I was standing toe to toe with him, and I was not going to stop throwing until. I was sleeping, or he was sleeping. So I love sometimes it. you gotta bring the old you out, 
And I love it. The old me is that guy who walks you down and punches you in the head. Or you walk me down and I'm going to punch you in the head. <laughs> I love it because, you know, you, uh, that was honestly like the first bit of adversity I saw you actually face in the octagon was against Tim Means because you're you're usually just running through people and uh, but you know like early off in your UFC so like UFC debut when you fought Brandon Thatch you were a heavy underdog no one no one uh, really believed in you and I remember I looked you up on SureDog and you didn't even have a picture up yet and I was like man this guy has all these first round finishes never been beaten people are sleeping on this guy like brandon thatch is no joke either but you came out there and you performed and then what was it after the second fight you uh (laughs) what you tested positive for marijuana right yeah i got popped for uh my tnt levels which hey they told me it was it was uh 0.50 in texas and then the day of the testing they get they go oh it's a zero allowance and it's like, wait, what? If you'd have told me that, you know what I'm saying? It would have been three weeks. Well, actually, it couldn't have been three weeks earlier because I took that fight on nine-day notice. So they seem to forget about that, too. That I, was, I wasn't I was even... I was 33 days after I beat Brandon Thatcher when they were like, hey, you want to take this fight with Alex Morano? And I was like, yeah, let's go. You know? I still had a fractured foot and everything in that fight. And I threw it more than I did when it wasn't fractured. <laughs> so, I actually cracked my foot in that fight. Damn. Kicking him in the shoulders. And they did they overturn but, that win of yours to a no contest? Yeah, that's why I'm supposedly 14 and 2. Or, or something, 15 and 2. Or, I don't even know. But yeah, I have a no contest because of that. Which is cool, I don't care. They didn't, they didn't like, try to come after me crazy. So, Man, you know, I got 30 days, which I needed 30 days off anyway. Well, I'm glad you got your 30 days off, man. Uh, I have a couple more questions <laughs> for you, if you don't mind. I don't mean to take up so much of your time. No, that's cool. So, I uh, yeah, what is but... what is your what is your dream fight right now? If you could pick, if you could be Sean Shelby for yourself and pick a fight, what's that fight for you? Bro, I want gold. I want whoever get me to that belt that Usman has. That's all I want. So you're I not you're not picky. Don't care who it is, just get me in the fastest line to the belt. That's all I want. I'm here to take that belt. I'm not here to be like, hey, I want to fight this guy. I want to fight this guy and make shows. My shows are gonna come when I get in there and that bell rings. No matter who it is, put me in there. Win or lose, you're getting a highlight reel. You know, one of us are going to sleep, and most likely it's not me. So. I'm down to go in there and test my odds and my power with anybody. My speed, my technique, all of it. But I want the belt. I want to stand there and I want to see them put it on my waist. And I've already imagined it, so I'm just waiting for it to start coming. And it's going to, I believe that. I truly do believe that. I don't think it's a far-fetched dream at all for you. I mean, you're literally, you've made it all all the way 99% there if you think about it. 99% 99% of the work is there. You're in the UFC. You're up at the top. You're running through guys. So you have 1% left of your mission to complete. And it's mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I, I, I'm sure you already know no. that. Like, but the you... The is the hardest. Exactly. I'm prepared for it. I'm prepared and I got the right people with me to do it. And that's what they need to worry about. They need to worry about me and my squad. 
it's not just me you're fighting. You're fighting God and my squad. So, come on, let's go. <laughs> Anybody, you know? Anyone worth the belt. I want the belt. I want to be there. These guys all can do it, and I can do it better. <clears throat> like, put, put my knockouts next to these guys. A lot of these guys, dude. Just put all my knockouts next to all their knockouts. Like, I'm down. I don't care. I'll challenge my knockouts to people's knockouts. It doesn't matter. I have what it takes. They need to just give me the opportunity. So as far as opportunity, do you know what's next for you yet? We are, we're talking right now, but, you know, I have to talk to my coaches about decisions and stuff. You know, I have to be smart. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to go backwards anymore. I want, like I said, I'm, I'm going forward. I want that belt. I want gold. I'm worth gold. Absolutely. I've already been a champion. You know, I, I defended my title three times in my last organization. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not afraid of adversity. I'm not afraid to go home, go to your home and fight you. Like, come on. It's like, what do I got to do? <laughs> UFC, if you're listening, what do I got to do, Dana? Call me. I'm, I'm down. I need, the, I need your blueprint to get to your belt. And if I just got to knock them out, line them up. They're going to listen, man, I promise. And I know that uh, you're going to put in the work to get to that level. I believe in you, and I'm looking forward to seeing you get there. Uh, I want to keep getting you back on, you know, keep keep doing what you're doing, and we're going to keep catching yeah. up. I want people to know more about Nico Price because you're even though you're making huge statements, for whatever reason, your name's kind of flying under the radar there, and I think that you really yeah. deserve to be known, and you deserve a statement fight. That's why on, on Twitter I was recommending a guy like Gunnar Nelson for you. Because I think that would that would be a huge name for you to make your name. Hey, sign him up. I'm down. Anybody in my division with a name, I'm down. <laughs> like anyone. All right, anybody. So, <laughs> and that's the mission. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure we're gonna put a lot of pressure on that on on Twitter, and we're gonna try to get uh, as much popularity around this as possible because everyone's looking mm -hmm. forward to getting you back in there and getting you against a worthy opponent. Cause it, it doesn't make sense to, you just beat Tim means. So it, it doesn't make any sense for you to 40, go backwards, man. 40 fights he has, you know, like he has 19 USB fights and has never been finished. Like I'm not saying I'm coming that I'm the guy who finishes everyone who's not been finished, but Everybody that they've told me has not been finished, I've finished them. So, and not only like just like, oh, you finished them, you know? No, I've finished you and made a statement that I will finish anyone who says they're not. I'm down. And I will try my hardest every time to do it. And you could have, couldn't have made a bigger statement than you did against Tim Means. That was absolutely vicious. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, my son just started yeah. dancing in front of me. Oh, no worries. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. No, no worries, Nico. Well, look, I appreciate your time. You've given me 20 minutes. I'm completely thankful for every minute you gave me. It's a huge blessing. I hope you enjoy the rest of your Sunday with your family. I'm looking forward to keeping in touch with you, and I'm looking forward to Please. hear about your next fight news, man. You really deserve something big. You really do. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. And dude, I'm down. As soon as I find out, we'll hit you up on the the twit, and we'll uh, we'll we'll, we'll meet up again. 
Sounds good. Let's do it, Nico. I hope you have a good rest of your day with your family, brother. Thank you, sir. You have a great day. You too, bro. Let's go, bro. Woo! <laughs> Peace. All right, guys, that was Nico Price, UFC welterweight. You heard it all. You heard his words. This man is the truth. Uh, I need you guys' help on Twitter. Let's let's get a big name for him. Let's tag t Sean Shelby. Let's tag UFC. We want to see this guy entertain us and entertain the rest of the UFC fans around the world. This guy is the truth. Watch his past fights. ESPN Plus, Fight Pass. Look what this guy is capable of. He's no joke. He's no joke. All right, guys. So we have a lot of Q&A from Twitter this week. So let's start with the first question is from Richard Bradshaw at MMA underscore Bradshaw. His question is, what are your thoughts on Rumble returning to competition? And do you feel that his time off will affect him in the match? Uh, no, I don't think it will affect him because the match that he has is actually a grappling match. So I don't think it's this the same as taking a UFC fight. There shouldn't be like a ring rust involved. So I think it's going to go pretty well for Rumble if he's stayed in shape. The second question is from at A-Z-O-R-A-H-A-I-3000. Is Nick ever coming back? What's next for John Lineker and Nate versus Pettis predictions? Uh, I, in regards to is Nick ever coming back, my answer is no. I don't think he has a reason to. I think he's comfortable. I think he's making money. He has endorsements elsewhere. He has other businesses and investments now. He doesn't need to go play punch face anymore. Uh, for John Lineker, I think Cody Stammen's a, a good fight for him. And for Nate versus Pettis... I got Pettis by decision. I think if it's a three-rounder, I think Pettis will absorb less shots and put more volume out with more tools, if that makes sense. I think Nate's going to take a lot of damage if it's a three-round fight. But, uh, dude, I'm never counting Nate out. I'm never going to bet against Nate. I wouldn't bet on this fight. But if I had to choose, like, gun to my head, I'd say Pettis by decision. Uh, also, uh, Cody Stammen's ranked 11, and I think Lineker's... 10 i think so that fight makes sense for me uh okay the third question is from becky lynch number one fan at wwe the man becky her question is will ronda rousey ever return to the ufc my answer is no never she will never return to the ufc there's no fights to make for her there's no hype around it anymore in my opinion at least I don't think she could headline a pay-per-view, and I don't think she would take a co-main spot. And I don't think she's going to get that desperate. I think her and Travis are more focused on building a family now and uh, doing more like Hollywood-type stuff rather than actually doing a combative sport. But that's my opinion. I could be wrong, but I don't think she ever will, no. Uh, the fourth question is from Richard Bradshaw again at MMA underscore Bradshaw. He says, in your own words, describe the value of paying MMA fighters accordingly, as most nowadays are lucky to get a 20k paycheck per fight versus boxers and other athletes who get millions per year. In my opinion, they should be paid much higher than they are currently. Uh, look, I agree with you, Richard. I agree with you 100%. The thing is, is about UFC is that 
Well, one, there's a lot of different fighting promotions. There's like Bellator and PFL. So, and they all have big rosters, like 500 plus. If if they get up to those ranks, there's not enough money to go around. And plus, a lot of these guys aren't making names for themselves. They're not that marketable. There's also just not as much money going around the sport of uh, of MMA yet. There's not a lot of household names. And I think household names is how people get paid. Uh, also, when there's just... Like, for instance, in uh, NFL, NBA, there's tons of different teams. And all these teams have different owners. And people start to become like ride or die fans depending on where they live like there's nothing really like that there's not a lot of fighters out there who are who are like making uh the the entire state of california or whatever ride with them it's not like that there's no real attachment to a fighter sometimes there is don't get me wrong but it's not as connected that way you don't see people wearing reebok fight kits as often as they are wearing a steph curry jersey so i think it just it's going to take some time. I think it's going to take maybe another five to 10 years before we see pay raises like that to where these kinds of athletes will become household names. And I think that's where the money will eventually start coming in is once it becomes just kind of more generalized. Uh, Right now, the sport, a lot of people aren't into violence. So it's kind of hard to sell UFC to just anybody because of the violence and because they don't have any attachment to the to a city or a state a country really so that's my take on it but i agree with you they should be getting paid more for sure like it's really unfair watching these guys go put their health on the line for such a small paycheck but unfortunately that's just where the sport's at right now uh the next question is from nick at nick mma addict his question is with pfl and bellator doing tournaments do you think ufc will follow Uh, I don't know if they will follow, but I think it's a sick idea. And I think it definitely gets rid of all the angst around rankings. Because you don't have to worry about getting a a fight with a guy who's ranked two positions higher than you. It's just tournament style. They take the top guys, they make them fight each other, and then the last man wins the title. I like that style a lot, and I think it's more fun than what's going on now. I think it makes more sense, because... There's no interim involved in tournaments. There's no, oh, I get the number one guy. You don't get the number one guy yet. It's like, we're all going to fight each other. May the best man win. And I love that. Uh, Number six. This question is from Henry Cejudo's gold medal at S underscore Cejudo. If Pauly beats Artem, does that set up a fight with McGregor? Uh, I don't know if McGregor is going to ever fight again i don't know if he's gonna go fight bare knuckle i don't know if he's gonna go fight outside of the ufc even it's really hard to say i don't think that fight will ever happen especially if um artem does well if it's a close fight i don't think it there's any selling a mcgregor fight on it but if paulie goes and starches artem then uh damn who knows i don't know if it's gonna be done in bare knuckle but i don't know man that's a really good question uh, seven is from Luis at Goose G O O S E eight seven one two. So Goose eight seven one two. Do you think a hundred and sixty three pound weight class makes more sense than a hundred sixty five? 
Uh, I see why you would say that because the 163 pound is like right between 170 and 155. But I think what they need to do and what if they're going to add more weight classes, what it's going to be is 125, 35, 45, 55, 65, 75, 85, and then 205 and 225. I don't think that they're going to do a 163. I don't think it would make sense with the rest of the system, but I like where your head's at. Question number eight is uh, from at S-Z-A-R-Y-M-E-L-A-N-Z. Some talents to watch outside of the UFC. Is UFC going the WWE road from sport to sport entertainment? Uh, guys, I recommend everyone at this guy at S-Z-A-R-Y-M-E-L-A-N-Z and uh, send him some of your favorite fighters outside of UFC. Give him some new talent to to look into and entertain himself with. As far as the WWE road going from sport to sport entertainment, it's hard to say. I think you definitely have to have some sort of entertainment style in any sport you're trying to sell, but I don't think it's going to go completely towards WWE. We saw it for a while, though, like Brock Lesnar getting in the cage and pushing DC and all that drama, and it, it, it helps. It helps, but I don't think it's going to be completely pushed towards that route. I think it's going to stay somewhat more professional than it is entertainment because it is a serious sport. This isn't just a sport of um, entertainment like WWE is. This is serious business, so I don't really know, man. I don't think it will. The next question is from Kairos MMA at K-A-I-R-O-S underscore B-O-D-L-E-Y. Who will be the strawweight champion by the end of 2019? Uh, definitely Andrade. No one's taken that belt from Andrade for a while. Nobody. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, the next question is from Zane Bando at... Z-A-I-N-B-A-N-D-O-9-9. If Santos somehow beats Jones, where would Jones be at next? Heavyweight or light heavyweight? Or would you do an immediate rematch? Okay, so if Santos beats Jones in any way, if it's a close decision, if it's a first-round knockout, Jones is getting an immediate rematch regardless. And uh, also in an interview, he did say he doesn't really plan on going to heavyweight. So I think heavyweight's off the table for now. He says he makes 205 easy. So I think Jones gets the immediate rematch if Santos somehow beats him. Uh, There would be no other option. I don't see Jones losing and then going and taking another fight. He's going to get his belt back. The next question is from Jake Olsen at Jake Olsen MMA. It's uh, J-A-K-E. O-L-S-O-N MMA. Why don't they do a weigh-in right before they enter the cage? This is just to see what their true weight is prior to the fight for the fans. Could be very interesting. Uh, you know, fighters will still cut weight. It's it's not going to... Because people, they want the size advantage. So they're going to cut weight anyway. I don't think that that would do anyone any justice. And it's more dangerous for their health if they're cutting weight up until they walk into the octagon. What we're trying to do is really get rid of the weight cutting in general, which has to do with hydration tests and testing your hydration. If they do that as well as weigh-ins on the day of, then yeah, I mean, that that makes sense. I'm not against that. 
The next question is from Shadow at Shadow underscore underscore zero two zero three. Do you think it's fair that Tony Ferguson got passed up when he was interim champ by McGregor and now Poirier and is forced to take another fight with Cerrone to try to bring his win streak to 12 in a row now with no title shot? Uh, no, it's not fair. It's not fair at all. It's it's kind of crazy that they're not marketing Tony Ferguson harder than they are right now. Like they're They're not even really marketing him and he's one of the most violent guys with one of the biggest names in the sport with one of the most creative styles and they're not doing him any favors and they're not doing themselves any favors by not selling him. I mean, he literally tripped over a cable and tore a ligament off his bone doing PR for the UFC and they stripped him, which is insane. Uh, no, it's definitely not fair at all. He deserves the title shot next. I don't care. Uh, the next question is from Kevin Coleman at Coleman. BU11. Where would you rank Aldo if you moved up to the stacked lightweight division and who does he fight first? Uh, I would say a good entry fight for Aldo in lightweight would be James Vick because James Vick is right there trying to maintain his name in the top 10. And uh, Aldo would that would just be fun. That would just be fun. I don't know, man. Lightweight's stacked. You can't just throw Aldo in, like, the middle of that tier. You got to give him, like, an entry fight. And I think James Vick would make a lot of sense. Because they would both, at that point, trying to make a name for themselves again, you know? The next question is from Trevco at T-R-E-V-C-O-L-N-D. Who starts 2020 as the lightweight champ? It's a good question. It's a good question because I love Poirier and I think Poirier can beat Khabib. I honestly do. Uh, but I think if I had to really just use my gut and pick at the start of 2020, which isn't that far away, who's going to be lightweight champ? I got to go with Khabib, man. Because I don't think that they're going to fight even until like September or something like that. And I think Khabib will figure out a way to get it done. Number 15, this question is from Zane Bando again, uh, at Z-A-I-N-B-A-N-D-O-9-9. ESPN Plus or FS1? Who did better in year one and why? Uh, I got to go with FS1. Uh, FS1 was the UFC's true breakthrough into a real sports network, even though it wasn't as big as ESPN. Uh, it was just, it was their breakthrough, man. This was when they became a real sport, in my opinion, to the public eye, where you could just flip a channel on TV and see a UFC fight. There was like Spike and stuff, but that those weren't real sports networks. So I got to go with FS1. And also ESPN Plus has been kind of uh, wonky as far as accessibility with pay-per-views. And I think we're, we're still too early on. We got to let a little bit more time pass before we make a true judgment on that. But that's a good question. The next question is from Ian Arbogast at E-A-N underscore Scott. Who needs to retire first, Anderson Silva or BJ Penn? No disrespect to either of these legends, but if you had to pick one to retire, which would it be? Uh, BJ, for sure. I mean, Anderson, like, he's lost a couple recently, but BJ's lost seven in a row. So... It's his time to hang him up. Silva maybe still has some fight in him. I'm not necessarily supportive of Silva 
still fighting, but if he still is performing the way he is, I mean, he's not looking bad. So, yeah, why not? Uh, the next question is from Rockdad underscore the underscore punking at AJ the Giants dad. How long do you think it will be before they introduce another weight class? Uh, they might never. Because it's, it's really up to the commissions also. And Dana is already hard-headed. So there's a lot of obstacles to go through before you can just add another weight class. You'd have to get all the commissions on on board in all the participating states. It's just a, it's a shit show to deal with. And I don't know if they're going to deal with it. To be honest, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to do it. But they should. The next question is from at JRSP underscore 1978. Will Jones and DC ever fight at heavyweight? Uh, no. Jones said in an interview that he's not doing a heavyweight fight with DC. I think that if Stipe beats DC and uh, somehow that rematch isn't on the table, which it probably will be for DC if he loses to Stipe, he'll get a trilogy fight with Stipe. But like, if he wanted it at heavyweight, if he's like, you know what, I just want Jones at heavyweight, then uh, that's like the only way, I think. But no, I don't think it'll ever happen. The next question is from... At F-U-U-C-K-Y-U-G-I. Who's next for John Jones after Santos? Probably nothing. I don't know who else at the light heavyweight division would fight Jones. Maybe a Smith rematch. Gus just retired. Uh, DC, maybe. If he defends his belt at heavyweight, maybe he's, he wants to come down and try to fight Jones again. I don't know. I really don't know. He's just too good. I don't know what there is for him. It's a great question. Uh, the next question's from at underscore STD underscore. What do you think of Yoel getting paid? Uh, so for those of you who don't know, Yoel just got paid like $27.5 million because he and his management team sued the uh, supplement company that caused him to test positive for a contaminated sus okay so what happened he tested positive whatever he took was contaminated he deserves every penny of what he got paid because he missed out on the big fight because of that he got his the the defamation of character people throwing his name under the bus i think he deserves every penny i think it's great the next question is from brainparadox.com at l-i-v-e imaginative who would win in a fight, Jones or Stylebender? John Jones would whoop his ass. <laughs> the next question is from Gavin at Dagavinator. D-A-G-A-V-A-N-A-T-O-R. Who do you see being the champions of every weight class at the end of... Okay, at the start of 2020. So, who do you see being the champions of every weight class at the start of 2020? Uh... I think it's going to look exactly the same, honestly. I think Nunez is going to be the champ at 135 and 45. Valentina will stay champ at 125. Andrade will stay champ at 115. Uh, Cejudo will stay champ at 125. I think Moraes is going to be the bantamweight champ. I got Holloway at 145. Khabib at 155. Usman at 170. 
if somehow Yoel and Whitaker get a rematch and it goes towards Yoel, then maybe Yoel at middleweight. But I think it's going to be Whitaker at uh, Whitaker at middleweight for sure. And then John Jones, light heavyweight, and uh, DC at heavyweight. I think he beats Stipe in the rematch. And that's it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks for all the questions. Keep them coming. I'm going to do a podcast maybe once or twice a week. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy the interview with Nico Price. Give him a follow. Uh, his handle is... Let's check it out. Just want to make sure. It's at Nico Hybrid Price. At N-I-C-O-H-Y-B-R-I-D-P-R-I-C-E. Uh, give him a follow. He's... I think new to Twitter, but his followers are going up and, uh, you know, he really, really deserves a top guy. I mean, it's not fair putting a guy who's performing the way he is. We've seen people go in there and just be decisionators like this guy. Listen to the interview I had with him. He goes in there to make a statement every time. I'm sure you guys want to see him against a good guy. So tag him, tag, tag Sean Shelby and who you want his next opponent to be. And uh, let's make it happen because this guy deserves it. And he's got a baby on the way. So the fam's got to eat too, man. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to follow me at UFC Unwrapped. Follow Nico Price at Nico Hybrid Price. And uh, Twitter. Keep asking me questions. Keep interacting. I love you guys. Peace.